You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back, everybody, to the Oz Network on a Friday, which means it's Flashback Friday time. We're getting two episodes today, if you haven't already seen our room anniversary episode posted today, then stop listening to this and go listen to that because it's funny. But this is also great, probably more so for you Survivor fans out there that are listening into this. It's a Flashback Friday, we get you to vote for a classic interview episode or anything else in between. And today, we are bringing you the esteemed Wanda Shirk from Survivor Palau. She came in, she sung, she was eliminated. Maybe one of the most brutal twists ever in the history of Survivor. Um, but she still is a memorable contestant that we enjoyed having back on the show Back many years ago, and of course, you know she's going to sing in this interview. If you haven't ever heard it before, it's going to happen. And she gives a good insight into her time on, or very very brief time on Survivor. So without further ado, here is our Flashback Friday classic interview with Survivor Palau's Wanda Shirk. Wanda Shirk competed on the 10th season in Palau, where she finished in 19th place. One of only two people in the history of the show not to have a tribe, Wanda alongside Jonathan Libby was not chosen by a tribe at the start of the season and was cruelly sent home, singing her way all the way back to Ponderosa. I spoke to Wanda about being part of the 19 club, being asked back for season 11, as well as which player predicted that Oolong wouldn't win a single challenge after their vote-off and which players she could spend all day looking at. Wanda, welcome to Survivor Oz. Well, thank you very much. And may I say that technically I was 19 out of 20. Ah, right. I think Jonathan was out about 30 seconds before I was. Right, good point, good point. I'll I'll correct that, actually, 19th out of 20. Because (laughs) 19th does sound better than 20th. I have to admit that. (laughs) It does. Billy Garcia and I are part of the 19 club. There might have been another season with 20, but not too many people with 20. Too many seasons with 20 people, anyway. Mm, That's that's a good point, actually. We've um, we've spoken to Billy uh, a couple of times before. We're good friends with him. So it's a good club to be part of, Wanda, I think. (laughs) I think so, too. I I enjoy Billy's company every time we get together. (laughs) Well, I I will say you are the sixth person from Palau to be on this show. So uh, it's a season where we haven't spoken to that many people, but we're gradually getting um, more on. We've spoken to more uh, Karor people than Oolong. You can probably understand why. But uh, for you, Wanda, you uh, obviously didn't have a tribe. So I think in in that retrospect, it's kind of a unique person to chat to because really... I think a lot of people messaged in when we announced the interview with you, and so many people still sympathise with you to this day about what happened to you. Well, yes. I never had a buff. I never had a torch. I never went to tribal council. And to the plus side, I can say that I never had one vote against me, and not many people can say that. That is true. And usually when you... You either have to be perhaps a winner or somebody who was netted out in order to have absolutely no votes ever against you and and even winners have had votes against them along the way or people who have had medical emergencies so I don't know what the statistic would be on people with no votes against them but I'm one. Mm, well I was about to say you could come out of that season to people who might not have seen it wander and say yes I went on Survivor I was never voted out, didn't receive a vote against me and they might think you won so that's a, it's a way yes. of like teasing people isn't it? <laughs> there are a lot of ways to win and I think in my own way, I, I won. You know, there were, there were some, certainly some wonderful things that came out of the experience, and I'm very grateful for it, even though 
it was hugely disappointing at the time not to be not to get a buff and not to be part of the tribe and not to really have a chance to play the game. Obviously, they wanted to have a twist. And uh, I imagine your your listeners are familiar with the idea that that was the one season where they started with 20 people on one tribe for two days, and the third morning Jeff Froakes came and we had a little schoolyard pick them, and Jonathan Libby and I did not get picked to be on the two tribes of nine each, which was 18 people, and there were 20 of us, so Jonathan and I left early. Mm, yes, it was, it was a very interesting twist, and I think, um, I mean, as I said, we got a lot of people messaging in about it, so saying that, you know, they still obviously feel sympathy for you. But I I think as far as twists go in the game, that one really just, it's just the cruelest one. It has to be. Because, I mean, you're living on that beach for two days. I'm sure you're you're making bonds. You're trying to work your way in there. Because until that point, you don't know whether or not you are going to be on a tribe with these people or these people. And you really have no idea that two of you aren't going to be there, do you? No, no idea whatsoever. And I really thought that I was doing a great job making a lot of friends. In fact, I really do feel that I made a lot of friends there and had a lot of friends even when I left. If you viewed the clips, you can hear some of them say, we love you, Wanda, and they were sorry that I couldn't have been picked. Of course, some of my friends were females, and a woman couldn't pick a woman. You had to be picked by a man. And then when it comes to the men picking, the oldest man who was choosing was 40, and I was 55 years old at the time. And as one of them said to me, well, Ibrahim, who was the last man to pick, he said, it was you or Angie who was 23, and he said, I really like you, but I thought maybe somebody younger would be stronger for our tribe, and that's what I had to go with at the time. So I really don't feel that in terms of a social game that I necessarily played bad games. It's just that there was a twist that um, that went against me. That's, that's what in fact, I there were a couple of twists that season. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think I find I th- talking to a lot of, say, the, um, the older contestants from Survivor Wanderers, that there's always that notion that, oh, you're over a certain age, you're not going to be that good in physical challenges, whereas some of the people we've spoken to who have gone out early were extremely strong and would have been a lot better than some of the people they kept. I mean, does that irk you a little bit, thinking that I could have really put in a lot in physical challenges had they kept me around instead of Angie? Oh, absolutely. Now, I'm not going to say Angie wasn't competitive because she was good, but there were other people who were not as strong. In fact, with all due respect to Janu, who was on the Karoa tribe, you might remember that... uh, She was a very thin person, and she basically uh, felt ill after a while and didn't have the endurance to go through the season, and I certainly could have lasted. And as far as uh, athletic endurance, I I run half marathons, and I I do 5Ks and other races from time to time. And when it comes to running and swimming and things like that, I certainly have a lot of endurance and some other skills like balance and things like that that I think could have beaten out some of the others who were able to play the game. But there had been really no challenges prior to my leaving other than swimming from the lifeboat to shore, um, in which I did not place last, in which, for instance, I placed. I got to the island before Stephanie LaGrosa, the queen of survivors at that time. <laughs> I got there before she did uh, because of the decision of when to jump off. But at any rate, I feel that uh, I would have been good in challenges and just didn't have a chance to prove that. Yeah, well, I think the thing too, obviously we mentioned Jonathan who went at the same time as you. I think a lot of people were shocked at him going that early as well, given, you know, he's a 23-year-old man. People are assuming he's going to be tough and strong. I, I can imagine that he too on that boat ride 
out of there would have been very, very angry and annoyed at going home that time as well. Jonathan was absolutely devastated. And I really think, well, I know it was many times more difficult for Jonathan than it even was for me because I could look at the fact that, well, I was an older contestant and in a lineup of a bunch of 20-year-olds and we've got a 50-year-old. Hey, you know, there was... There was a reason why I didn't get picked that I could understand, but when Jonathan looks at the situation, and he's a young, strong man in his 20s and a pretty good-looking guy, he has to say, what was wrong that I didn't get picked? What's wrong with me? And because he didn't have a reason to fall back on, it was very much harder for him to accept that fate. Mm, do, you, do the two of you remain close then after the show, given you were kind of involved in that really strange twist in Survivor? Jonathan and I have not been able to keep in contact. I think Jonathan actually tried to, he's one who sort of isolated himself from the whole experience because it was so difficult for him. I would say that if I could do one thing different back at the time, when we left on the boat, I was standing up and they said, sing for us, Wanda, and I sang a little bit of one of them, a little snitch of one of my Survivor songs with a modification, and Jonathan just sat down and was dejected, and if I could do it over again, I'd have pulled him up and put my arm around him, we'd put our hands up together and, and go and help, um, maybe, you know, with, with courage and grace rather than, uh, I just felt, felt sorry for Jonathan and his state of dejection at that time. Um, it, it really was very, very tough for him, very tough for him to go back to uh, what they always call the Ponderosa and what uh, is more euphemistically or more accurately known, I guess, as uh, Loser Lodge. <laughs> just a very tough experience for him altogether, and um, so he hasn't been as... Um, well, he hasn't come to Survivor reunions and other events like many of the other contestants do. So I haven't seen him since uh, 2005. Right, okay then. Well, uh, he's definitely a person that, um, you know, we're obviously trying to track down. Love to get him on the show, Wanda. But I think you are saying about um, events. I, I know, for instance, a couple of months ago, you obviously went to Hearts of Reality. You actually even filmed a video for us. Gillian Larson got the camera out and you gave a bit of a song for us and talked a little bit about your experiences on the show. I have to personally thank you for that. That. But I, I also always um, notice on that video, you talked us through how you applied to get on the show. You were obviously a huge fan of Survivor then before you applied. And how many times had you tried to get on the show before you eventually got on in Palau? Well, that was season 10. And actually, the only two seasons I applied for were seasons 7 and 10. Right. I had watched it for years. And I'd sit there watching it and say, I could do that stuff. And sometimes I could do that better than they're doing it. And my daughter was the one who finally said, well, if you can, Mom, why don't you? And at the time, I said, well, I wouldn't even know how to apply. And she was the one who went to the computer and printed out an application for me. And so I applied, uh, as I said, first for Season 7. Didn't hear anything at that time. And then uh, Season 8 was All-Stars, so you couldn't apply for that one. And somehow I missed the deadline for Season 9, but got a, uh, another application in for Season 10. And that's when they called me. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, I, I have to ask the question then, Wanda. Had you been successful for Season 7? I mean, there was obviously no twist there that got rid of two people straight away, but do you think you would have uh, fared fairly all right on uh, Pearl Islands had you been on that season? Well, it's hard to say. Uh, you know, I never really thought about that question. I have some friends from that season. Uh, Rupert, for instance, I think I consider a friend and some others. Uh, Sandra from that season, uh, she's a fantastic person. Uh, actually, yes, now that I think back of it, that's, that's the season when Lil was in second place, our Boy Scout leader. 
And, um, yeah, I think I could have done as well as little or better. So if she placed second, I'm certainly thinking I could have done that well. Well, there you go. You could have won. Um, You could have won instead of Sandra. Got invited back for Heroes vs. Villains, Wanda, being a two-time winner. I mean, come on, the history there could have been there. (laughs) Hey, who knows? But I will say that Sandra is really a great person and a fun person. It's amazing. She's the only one to win two survivors. Who would even think that when you come back another time that people would allow someone who's already won a million dollars to win another million dollars? And that shows you that if you don't know Sandra, there's more to her than you can see on television. She's a fun person. That's I absolutely agree with you. I've said that on this show because we've had her on a couple of times as well, Wanda. And um, before I ever had the opportunity to chat to her, there was kind of like, oh, how did she win twice? But I, I, I found that out of all, let's say, the winners that I've interviewed, she really, I think, is the one that I could just contact her right now and she would come on the show again. She's just so humble, so nice, and her personality, I have found, has just been absolutely superb. And I'm speaking to her on the other side of the world, so I can only imagine what it's like living on a deserted island with her for 39 days. Mm-hmm. Yep, she's really a lot of fun, very entertaining, and I think it would be hard for anybody to compete with her in the final two. Mm. I'd certainly like to have had the chance to try, but <laughs> at any rate, I'll, I'll give her props. She's good. <laughs> well, I think um, when we spoke, one of the times we spoke to her, we said, oh, you know, you get asked back for a third time, Sandra, would you go? And, you know, you would expect her maybe to say, oh, no, I'm happy with my two from two, but she said, no, nah, I'll go back for a third. Let's make it three from three. <laughs> right. She is good. Yes. But speaking of going back, um, I think people might be interested to know that actually they did ask me about going back on season 11, the season following mine, which, as you recall, was, um, uh, oh, I can't think what it was. Guatemala. Now. Guatemala. Yeah, Guatemala. They asked me about going back to Guatemala, and I think the original plan had been that the two people who didn't get picked in season 10 were going to go back and be the sort of tribe leaders for season 11, and that would have been Jonathan and me. Um, For some reason, after consideration, they decided to ask instead Mike Scoopin and me, and of course we all know Mike who's back on now, who had fallen into the fire in season 2. So Mike and I would have gone back, but then Stephanie and Bobby John were so great uh, on on our Palau season, and of course the Oolong tribe was decimated and they were the last two standing, but their tribe just lost every challenge right in a row, just like uh, Russell's tribe has this season. At any rate, Stephanie and Bobby John were under consideration as opposed to Mike and Mike Scoopin and Wanda. So it was Mike and Wanda, Stephanie and Bobby John. They're thinking back and forth on that. And since Stephanie and Bobby John were young and hot and so forth, well, they kind of, they, they obviously won the bid and they went back uh, for the Guatemala season, where Stephanie did very well. And Bobby John uh, at least made the joy, which he was glad to do since he hadn't the first time. Uh, and I love Stephanie and Bobby John. Bobby John, in particular, is just a, a fantastic, wonderful person. I've enjoyed him so much. So I'm glad they had the opportunity. I always kept hoping that they might call me back again, but um, it's been eight years now. That was filmed in 2004, and uh, it's 2012 now. So fact of the matter is I'm 63, and even though I still run half marathons and do a lot of very physical things, long-distance hiking and backpacking and things like that, and I could outlast and outrun and outwit and outlast and outplay a lot of younger people, 
I'm not sure that casting knows that because they will just look at a number and say, mm, older players don't always do that well. So I'm not sure that I'd really be under consideration. I wish I would be because I'd love to show people what a strong person in their 60s can really do. Well, that's the thing. I, I think, um, again, when speaking to a lot of the older contestants, I've always sort of mentioned that nowadays, really, you only have kind of one or two people who are over 45, whereas back, you know, in the earlier first seven seasons, there was a whole lot more. I find that disappointing because I know a lot of the older contestants generally uh, more you know, more interesting than some of the younger ones who just lay around and tan all day as opposed to not having any personality. But I, I think, Wanda, I would, I mean, I'm not just saying this either just because I've got you on the line. I think it would be great to see you back because a lot of people often ask about the possibilities of a second chance season for people voted off you know, first, second, or third. And I really believe that if they ever considered that season, surely yourself and Jonathan, given that you're never on a tribe, you're gone within the first, you know, 10 minutes of the episode, you surely should deserve to come back. Come on, CBS. <laughs> I, I agree. I really think that we deserve a second chance, and I really think that I could make it worth their while by being a, a good character and a good contestant on there. And I think there have been a lot of other early offs who are really worthy people, too, surprisingly good people. Mm. Um, some, of course, not, but um, they certainly, after 24 seasons, 25 seasons now, could find enough people to staff a couple of good tribes with early on. Exactly, exactly. And um, we have, I've said it on this show before, Wanda, but um, a lot of the um, interviews we've had on this show with the earlier boots have gone on to be our most popular because a lot of people don't get to see them that much on our screen, so therefore they want to hear from them more on shows like this. And I think even um, with Philippines on our screens at the moment, Zane, who was the first to go, I think um, out of all the first boots in, the, say, the last 10 or so seasons, easily the most interesting. I mean, he really got a lot of screen time for somebody who got voted out first, didn't he? Yes, he did. Zane would be a, a very interesting character to see more of. And again, Billy Garcia, whom I mentioned earlier, is a very interesting person and would be a great person to bring back. And uh, the season before mine, which was Vanuatu, uh, Brooke Garrity, I believe, was the first one out. And Brooke is uh, a great guy and a lot of fun and strong and would be a, a wonderful character. And he has just ached about the fact that he didn't really get a chance. And, of course, what happened on his season was it was a men's tribe versus a woman's tribe. And on the men's tribe, the five older men got together and said, hey, let's take out the, the young guys. And Brooke just didn't realize that, that he, because he was so strong and good-looking and the biggest threat, they decided they could take out their biggest threat right away. And, and so sometimes there are really good people who get taken out early because perhaps they're perceived as threats. That, that doesn't often happen, but it certainly did in Brooke's case. Mm, well, two that I, I will bring up in that notion, obviously in All-Stars, Tina Wesson, a former winner, first to go, and one of my... Yeah. One of my favourites, Chicken from uh, China. I think he would have gone uh, all right had he stuck around a bit longer. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, chicken's good. I, I quite like chicken. And uh, one of our Ozlets on this show, Noah, is a, is a big chicken fan. So hello to Chicken if he's listening. We'll get to uh, some listener questions very shortly, Wanda, which uh, I'm very excited to get to today because we've got a few good ones. But uh, when you got back and Palau was airing and you're sitting there watching it with your family, the first episode is on, what was their reaction like to seeing you go out the way you did and did it bring back emotions from your time when you were actually filming the season well first of all 
when when that show was on, of course, I had to be in New York City because I knew I was one of the first suits. So my family wasn't watching it with me. Right. My husband was with me, but the rest of the family was wherever they were in their home. So it was only my husband who was seeing it, and they pretty much knew what was happening, although uh, there were some things on there, of course, that were even a surprise to me. As we know, people are taken off for the little uh, confessionals or interviews, and uh, that had happened with me, but I didn't know that, for instance, Willard was taken off, and Willard said, oh, this lunatic gets off, uh, you know, stands up in the boat and starts singing. I wanted to knock her off with an oar. And uh, I had no idea that Willard had said that. It was a good line, which we've joked about since. Um, but my family knew what had happened, and uh, everybody was hugely disappointed because my family and friends all really felt that I'm a very likely person and would have gone far into the game, would have would have made a, a Final Four, is what we all expected. So it was a big disappointment, but uh, it is what it is, as is everything else in life. Mm, very true. What were your thoughts then on how the rest of the season played out, Wanda? And particularly, I suppose, when you, you mentioned Janu before, she obviously quit. I mean, does that kind of irk you the wrong way, given you would have done anything to stay in the game? Well, I, I yes, I guess I have to say that. And I consider Janu a good friend, and I like to a lot, but I can see that there would have been an opportunity for me to do uh, to, to fill that spot and go deep into the game, and I think of Karen, who was number four or five, and I really know that I could have done as well or better than Karen. I really believe that I had had the opportunity to be on that tribe, and when we're even talking about uh, the Oolong tribe, the first person who, well, the first person who was out was Jolanda, who was out the same day I was. Uh, she was the uh, black lawyer from Houston, and Jolanda and I have been very, very good friends because we spent the entire 39 days together. Mm. But the next person who was voted out was Ashley, and when Ashley came back, um, I went out to the van to welcome her. We all wonder who's coming back after the tribal council, and it was at, when it was Ashley who came back. I said, well, you know, don't feel bad. They voted you off, but we're, we're welcoming you here to uh, the Ponderosa. And she said, don't feel bad, bad for me. She said, I asked them to vote me off. I didn't want to be out there having nothing to eat and sleeping in the sand. And I thought, wow, she had this great opportunity, and she was one of the people who was recruited for the show as opposed to those of us who applied because we loved the show. And I thought, here I am offering my condolences to her, but she had a spot on a tribe, a spot that I coveted and wanted so much, and she was willing to give it up the very first time there was a tribal council. And although it didn't show on the television, because they want, they want a little more suspense and they don't usually show when someone really just goes around and tells people, I don't want to do this. But, uh, but that was the case. She said, just vote me out. I don't really want to be here. So, so it was very heartbreaking to me to realize that I could have done better than some of those people and had more heart for it than some of the people who made it onto a tribe. Yeah, I can definitely but, imagine. Yeah. I, can, I can understand probably yeah. too then when um, you, you meet the fans out there, Wanderer, or you do get recognised and they might give you, ask for advice in terms of getting on Survivor, I'm sure you would tell them things like, if you do get on, make the most of it because you really don't know how long you're going to last. Right, 
Right. Yep, you can have all kinds of expectations, because uh, you know, I certainly expected that I was going to go deep into the game, um, but there are always twists, and even people who are very smart players and good strategic players, let's even take uh, Troyzan from the last season. Mm. Troyzan was a very good player and a very good strategic player, but ultimately there was a women's alliance that locked him out, even though he did his best to find himself a place in the game. So, And sometimes there are tribe switches, uh, I think of um, Brian Corridan in his season, who was the leader on his tribe and was doing very well. And then all of a sudden, there's a tribe switch, and he ends up being one of the minority people in a newly formed tribe and doesn't have a chance. So he had developed a good social game strategy and everything else, and then there have been a lot of twists along the way that simply were not fair. So you can't say that the winners are always the people who were really the best. They survived, but as with reality as with real life there's a lot of luck in the way life is as well as the way survivor is there are twists and sometimes twists hurt you and sometimes twists help you and um, and, and that's the way with with nature and life so we all have to understand that one of the teachers in a room next to mine where I taught had a sign on his wall that said, um, life rule number one, life isn't fair, get used to it. <laughs> so, I like that. There's a certain truth to that. Yes, exactly, exactly. I definitely agree with that, actually. And uh, it's something that um, we've, again, talking about a, a lot on this show, the luck factor of Survivor. I, will, I always like to ask um, people who go out um, before the jury uh, who they would have voted for in the final two. So, uh, Wanda, who would you vote for between Katie and Tom to win if you had a been on the jury. Oh my goodness. There's no question that Tom was superior when it comes to the final two. Now, if it had been Tom and Ian, I might have had uh, a, a little more difficulty, but I think Tom was a great person. Tom is a great person, and he's got three kids, and he's a good man, and he was outstanding in challenges. Ian, of course, was very good too, and Ian has a good heart, and so does Greg. Uh, so there were some very good people on my season, and of course, dear Jen Lyon, whom we've lost, but, um, but Tom was a very, very worthy winner, and one of the things I like about my season is that a good person won. Uh, I actually went into the whole thing with a, a strategy that I called the bond of the best, meaning that when I watched Survivor and saw the bad guys win, saw weak people perhaps bond together to take out strong people, particularly when Hunter was taken out in, what was it, about season four. We almost quit watching when they took Hunter out because he was so good, he was taken out because he was a threat. And I thought Survivor should be about the best people winning, so I wanted to ally myself with the people that I perceived to be good people and make sure that our season had a good winner. Well, we did. And as a matter of fact, the Palau season was a wonderful season, but I don't think there was a villain in my season. It was a season people liked, but there wasn't a bad guy on there. Mm, That's true. Now, we had some characters like Redneck James. (laughs) Uh, Kobe was an interesting character, our our gay man, and Kobe's a great friend and a deep survivor fan uh, who's always in touch with everything happening. I, I call him Survivor Central for news because he's just uh, has his heart in the whole thing. 
Um, so we had some wonderful people of various sorts, but we did not have a villain, and yet we had a good season. It's very true, actually, now that you point that out. Something um, some people might not realize about Palau, because, I mean, it's often ranked as, as one of the best seasons, and I think um, you're talking about Tom, uh, about being a dominant winner. There really hasn't been another season where there has been one person as dominant as Tom that you really might have said from the start, Tom's going to win it. He did win it, but he did it in a way that... It was popular enough, and nobody ever talks about Tom in a negative light, do they? No, no. I think everybody really likes Tom. Um, yeah, I, actually, I could put one reservation on that. I think Kobe felt a little bit shut out by Tom. Uh, there was, you know, an early alliance between, with uh, Tom, Katie, and Ian. They got together very early, like day one, day two, and said, uh, we're, we're together and we're final three. And Kobe, uh, who was the first person voted out of Karor Tribe, other than Willard, the older person who actually asked to be voted out first, but then when they really started picking people off, Kobe was off first, and I think he has a bit of resentment toward those who shut him out early, but uh, but everybody else really loves Tom. Tom was at a um, uh, celebration this summer at, at the Hearts of Reality, and uh, he's, he's a wonderful person, gives back to society a lot, and he's a good family man, and a, a, just a, a good heart, good person. That's what we like to hear. We've, um, we've spoken to Tom briefly, um, and he he said he would do the chat. We haven't heard from him in a while, but uh, we're obviously looking to try and get him lined up. Uh, Kobe and James, you mentioned before, uh, are two of our good friends on this show. We've spoken to them a few times, and they're very entertaining people. But definitely Palau, absolutely, as you say. Very uh, memorable season and uh, one of the one of the best easily in uh, the history of Survivor Wanda. But before I get into the listener questions, um, we've spoken a little bit about some of the people you remain in contact with. Now, who are some of the other people, perhaps from your season and other seasons, that you do remain in close contact with. People always like to hear this. <laughs> well, I've actually become very good friends with Richard Hatch. Right. I even visited at Richard's house this summer. He lives in uh, Newport, Rhode Island, and I had never been to Rhode Island before. Of the 50 states, there are only about half a dozen I hadn't been to, but Rhode Island's a tiny state off in the corner, and I hadn't been there. So I went out to visit Richard, and uh, he lives in Newport, which is actually an island off the coast of Rhode Island. And uh, he took me on the cliff walk. Uh, it does, they don't have too many beaches there, just kind of cliffs along the ocean. And we did the cliff walk and uh, had lunch together, and he gave me a tour of the city. And Richard and I have done some other activities together, went to a rally in Washington, D.C. last March together. And I, I consider Richard a very good friend. I um, corresponded with him quite a lot during the, the years when actually he was incarcerated because of, I think, what could be considered some misunderstandings about uh, how the survivor pay was supposed to be treated and taxed and so forth. But at any rate, Rich, I consider Richard one of my very best friends. I consider Yao Man one of my very best friends from Survivor. We have met at a number of events and sometimes email and trade books back and forth and correspond on some interesting things. Um, I, I don't know how many of your listeners also watch Amazing Race. Do you watch Amazing Race? Uh, I, I personally don't, but I know a few of our listeners do watch it, yes. Well, they had a, uh, Yao Man is a great table tennis player, and he had suggested a table tennis challenge as one of the competitions uh, to uh, the, the casting people and, and the producers, 
and they used his idea on a recent episode of The Amazing Race. Right. But at any rate, I consider Yao Man one of my very good friends. From my season, I stay in contact with Jolanda, um, my friend from Houston that uh, was off early, and we were, we spent the whole 39 days together, half of it in Palau, half of it in Australia. I've been to her house in, uh, in Houston a couple of times. She's been up here to Pennsylvania, has done some hiking on trails that I enjoy up here. So we've spent some time together and have maintained contact. Uh, others from my season that I see occasionally, um, primarily at other events, Kobe goes to events from time to time and we keep in touch. And I enjoyed seeing Tom this summer in uh, Florida. Uh, I think a lot of Tom. And so those would be, I think, uh, some of my highlight friends. Uh, we always enjoyed Jen too, but of yeah. course uh, we've lost her. Yeah, very sad, of course. We, um, we always get questions whenever we have an interview. People always want to know who people stay in contact with uh, from their season and other seasons. It's just, uh, I don't know, I think people like to know that you guys remain friends after we see you uh, on our screens, Wanda. <laughs> mm-hmm. People um, like to have Karen, you Karen from my season is someone that I consider a friend. We keep in touch occasionally as well. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah, those would be the main ones. Sometimes I've seen Katie too. Right. So, okay. Katie's yeah. um Katie's mm-hmm. an interesting one. I think a few people um, intrigued to hear from her. We spoke to Karen uh, a couple of months ago. Actually, that was a, it. Was a very good chat. Um, everyone we've spoken to from your season actually uh, Wanda has been a very good chat. So uh, we obviously look forward to getting more of those. And now one thing too, before I get to the listener questions, always like an update on yourself, Wanda. What are you up to now in your life post Survivor? Well, I'm very active in a lot of things. I had been a high school English teacher. I've retired from teaching English, but right now I'm an adjunct professor of English for Gannon University, and I teach a course or two. I'm teaching one course this semester and expect to teach two English courses for them next semester in an extension class in our area. Um, I do a lot of hiking and running. I am the president of a local hiking club here, the Susquehannock Trail Club. I do a lot of fact-packing. I am the vice president of our state hiking organization, the Keystone Trails Association. So uh, uh, 20 miles in a day is not an unusual hike for me. I like hiking and backpacking and, as I said, running marathon, half marathons, actually, and, uh, and shorter races. So those are some of my favorite activities. I have always wanted to be a person who gives back a lot as well. I'm the, on the board of a foundation that develops uh, endowment funds for our community, and I work with the fire company here. Uh, and the fire, we're, we have a volunteer fire company, and if they get called out to a fire in the winter, I'm the one who runs into the fire department and makes big pots of chili and hot dogs and, and hot sandwiches to send out to the firemen. So I try to be involved in the community. I'm on the library board. I'm on the school board. Um, lots of activities going on. Definitely. Sound very busy. I like that, Wanda. Always good to keep busy, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it is. And in addition, I have a grown son and daughter. My son is 30. My daughter is 34. She has a couple little um, children, and so I enjoy my grandchildren as well. Fantastic. We always like to hear that. Well, uh, we'll get into some listener questions now, and I will say to people, as always, SurvivorOz at Hotmail.com.au. Send in your listener questions. Now, first one from uh, Sam Jones. You kind of touched on this one, I think, a little bit earlier, Wanda. Uh, he wants to know how well you think you would have 
gone instead of Angie had you been picked instead of Angie? Well, now, the thing we have to remember is that Angie was on the Oolong tribe, and the Oolong tribe was decimated so that they were the first nine people who were picked off before any Karor people were taken off. So I certainly would have been in the first nine, and it would be hard to say that I would have feed out Stephanie and Bobby John, who were the last two standing there. Um, and she did pretty well. And she was really a fighter, and she was a fun person to know. Um, I think I could have gone as far as Angie, but I don't know how much farther on that tribe because that tribe just couldn't stand up to the strength of Karor. Karor was a strong tribe. Now, had I been on Karor tribe, I think I could have been in the final four. But uh, but on Oolong tribe, who knows? Uh, yeah, who knows? You could have been the what turned them around, Wanda. You never know. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> but Angie was very good in challenges, if anybody yes. remembers. Um, she she was a very aggressive and strong player, and she did very well for her tribe. I think I could have been stronger than, mm-hmm. as I said, I, I, I think I could have been stronger than some people on the Karor tribe, particularly uh, Janu and Katie. I think I could have outdone either one of them in some challenges. But it depends on the challenge. Of course, people are different, uh, differently strengthed, and uh, depending on what the challenge is, there are some things they probably could have done better than I, but overall, I think I could outcompete them. Very true, very true. Thank you, Sam, for that one. Well, another kind of similar question we have from Adele Carter uh, wants to know, did you have a bit of a laugh at what happened to Oolong, considering you probably could have been on that tribe? Well, actually, the way it ended out, I probably would have been, if they had put 10 on a tribe, I would have ended up on a Karor tribe. So when people consider tribes, they usually think of Jonathan as being if there would have been five males and five females on each tribe, Jonathan would have been the fifth man on, on his tribe, and I would have been the fifth woman on my tribe, on the Karor tribe. Um, so what was the question again? Did you have uh, a bit of a laugh at Oh, Ulan? did I have a laugh about it? Uh, you know, Jolanda was the first one voted off for the Oolong tribe, and she was actually the one who picked the tribe. When we swam to the island, she was the one who got there first and then was the first one to pick for the tribe. So in one sense, she was the tribe leader, but because she was uh, outspoken and a strong leader who said, you need to do this, you need to do this, and the younger ones didn't really like to take that much direction. Um, she was voted out, and then she came back and she just predicted, they're going to go down. They're going to go down one by one. They will never win a, a challenge. And she was right. And so I guess we kind of had a chuckle together, mostly because her prediction came out to be so true. She said they don't have the organization and the team leadership to survive. Mm. And that, that turned out to be quite true. Definitely. But there were certainly a lot of physically strong people on the Karua tribe. When we're talking Tom, Ian, and Greg, for instance, all on one tribe, man, there's a lot of strength there. Mm-hmm. So Easily. Uh, the, uh, the only situation, obviously, we've seen um, that a tribe has just lost everything. Perhaps maybe, and of course now to to Philippines with Matt Singh. They've yet to win something. We'll see how that turns out for them tonight. Well, our final question, Noah Groves, one of our Oslets here on the program, wants to ask, Wanda, if you can sing your Survivor song for us today. Oh, I have a whole bunch of Survivor songs. I have to think of which one was the one I sang on the boat. Um, 
let me sing it. I'll sing one of my other ones that comes to mind. F-U-R-V-I-V-O-R, I am a survivor. I can deal with any fate and be my own reviver. When the venture's over, I'll be stronger, braver, wiser. F-U-R-V-I-V-O-R, I am a survivor. I remember the one I sang on the boat. <laughs> we are survivors, and we can find our food. Survivors, that is our attitude always. We live in nature with the elements because we are survivors and camping is our sport. Survivors, we're going to build a fort gladly and live in nature with the elements because we are survivors and we can take the pain. Survivors, in sunshine or in rain, always. We live in nature with the elements because we are survivors. Woo! Fantastic, Wanda. Thank you very much. You can imagine <laughs> we got a lot of people sending in questions saying, oh, get Wanda to sing, get Wanda to sing. So I had to pull a, a single one out there. I think it, would, it's a, it must be pretty amazing to think that despite the fact that you were gone so soon in the game, that people still remember you for, for the fact that you're the singing survivor. Yes, yes, that's true. And uh, I made up a song, of course, for our finale show, too. Um, and when the show was featured later on on VH1 and they had to pick out something from our finale show, they picked my song to feature. We were stranded on Palauan shores with coconuts and rats. We survived the heat, found some food to eat, and some survived the spats. We're survivors, we faced and passed the test, and in history all the world will see that Survivor 10 was best. Yes! <laughs> and it's turned out very yes. true almost, too, hasn't it? <laughs> That's brilliant, thank you It was much. a popular season, yeah. <laughs> Indeed it was. Well, thank you very much for that, Wanda, and I will say thank you to everyone who sent those listener questions in. Now, we wrap up every interview with a set of five Survivor-based questions. The first question, Wanda Shirk, what are three things you learnt about Jeff Probst during your time on Survivor? Oh, well, you know, I really have a lot of uh, respect for Jeff Probst, and I often say that one of the reasons I went on the show was because I wanted to sit in tribal councils as long as possible and adore his dimples, <laughs> but learned about Jeff Probst. I really have learned that he's a very intelligent and compassionate person, I think he cared a lot about Jonathan and me and how we felt about the twist and our disappointment, and I felt that he showed a lot of respect to us when we went back for the reunion show and finale. I appreciated him very much, felt he was really on top of things when it came to handling questions, and I think he's a very good-hearted person, and uh, as I said, very bright and insightful. I, I have tremendous respect for Jeff. I, I adore him. Brilliant. Um, yeah. That's what we like to hear, and uh, obviously we're... I'm not sure that I itemized one, two, three, but uh, <laughs> I'll accept he's, it. I, he's I, smart I, and he's good and, and the dimples perceptive. and yeah. the dimples you've got to add the dimples <laughs> yes oh yes well i knew about them before the show i mean we continue to adore them yes one of my favorite faces on tv <laughs> and uh, obviously we uh, we look forward to the day we can uh, talk to jeff about his dimples on this show uh question number two wanda in the history of survivor what has been your favorite season and your least favorite season mm, favorite season that's, that's an interesting question I think season two was my favorite season. 
I think a lot of people just love season two. The f- final um, ending of the season with Colby and Tina was just wonderful because they were two people that everybody loved, and Colby was just so heroic in saying, you know, I could go to the final two with Keith, but it, it's Tina who really deserves to be in the final two with me, and I'm willing to put her there. And Colby really gave up his million dollars because if he had sat with Keith, he'd have won the million dollars, but he sat with Tina and got 100000 instead of the million, and Tina became the winner. And I admire Colby so much for that. And I think I will just always consider season two my favorite season. And I believe that's where Mike Stupin also fell into yes. fire. And he was a memorable character. And he's a great guy, too. And I'm glad to see him back this season. So I believe that would be my favorite season. Um, least favorite season? I don't know. Um, I guess I'd have to say any season that Russell Hansen's on. <laughs> <laughs> we get that answer a few times, Wanda. That's fine. We'll accept it. <laughs> Uh, I, I'm really not fond of villain characters, and uh, I, I've met Russell a few times, and I, I know that, you know, uh, he's a real person, too, and has his disappointments in life and his disappointments with, with Survivor and so forth, but somebody who can just go in and burn other people's socks <laughs> and whatever, uh, just, I, I don't like to see the bad guys get into final positions and there have been a few other seasons where people ended up being the ultimate winners and I don't know if I want to pick on them right now but I don't know for instance if a guy like Fabio as a winner is well he certainly wouldn't have been in my bond of the best for mm. let's say <laughs> I like there have been some great winners some people of real character who can take a million dollars and do something worthwhile with it I'd like to say a shout out to Ethan and Jenna for being people like that, Ethan in particular with his grassroots soccer, he's just given his life for for the world, for other people with the opportunity that he's had, and so I just I, I think he's wonderful, and um, and and least favorite seasons are seasons when the bad guys come out on the top, or or people who are not really worthy of handling a million dollar prize and doing it to to help other people. That's fine. I like I like that answer, and uh, your answer with Fabio, what you mentioned about him. When we get to question number four, I, I think we might that might be your answer for that one. We'll get to that in a second. But question number three for you, first of all, Wanda, in the history of Survivor, who is the sexiest ever contestant? The sexiest? Well, see, Jeff Post is the sexiest you can, ever. You can answer, Jeff. Simple, I, I'll accept Jeff. No, I'll accept Jeff. So he's, not, he's not there. Okay. Um, hmm. I don't know. I, I adore Bobby John so much from my season. I'm trying to think of sexiest ever. Um, I think Colby was, you know, really a good thing to look at, too. There have been some others, but I, I don't know. I guess really I'm a person who's more interested in, in character of a person, so there are some people who are really great to look at, but they're not the ones who come to my mind mm, most quickly. That's fine. So I'll just say, and, and, you know, Bobby John, I mean, he's just cute for my season. Um, sexiest, I don't know, some people consider sexiest to have the big, you know, bodybuilding chest and things like that, but, but I like a real cute smile, a warm smile, and that's why I'll, I'm going to go with Bobby John. Yes. I'll stick with Bobby go John. Go on, we'll that. accept it. With, uh, I, think... I, I love to look at him. Yeah. <laughs> a, lot of, uh, a lot of women do. I think we, um, we have had Bobby John answered a few times, actually, so uh, hello to Bobby John. Should he be listening? You've got a fan in Wanda now. Uh, question number four, Wanda. Now, it's a two-part question. In the history of Survivor, who to you is the greatest player never to have won 
and who is the most undeserving winner? That's the one I said you might answer Fabio for that one. Um, yeah, I'll stick with Fabio on that one. And the greatest player never to have won, probably now, Troyzan from the last season. Troyzan really was good. Yes. Uh, prior to that, there were a couple of others. I really also liked Brian Corrigan, and I thought he was really a good player and and loved the game, and he didn't get a chance, really, because of a tribe swap. And um, going back, Rob Sesterino, uh, of course, Jeff Probst said that he was the greatest player never to win, and I, I'm surprised that they haven't had Rob back, because uh, he's a great guy, too. I like Rob. Yeah. And uh, so he's, he's somebody who should have had a little more chance. Hugely popular at the moment, Rob, of course. He has his um, podcast show, Rob Has a Podcast. And I, I will say to you right now, Wanda, expect to get a lot of messages from uh, Rob Has a Podcast fans because every single time he's answered in this category on this show, everybody on Twitter and Facebook is all celebrating that point. So you're going to have a lot more fans after this interview today, I'll tell you that now. Okay, well, that's great. <laughs> I had a chance to meet Rob one time and uh, I really, really appreciated him. He's a good guy. He certainly is. Absolutely. Hello to Rob. Should he be listening to this? And our final question, Wanda Shirk, in the history of Survivor, who to you is the greatest ever contestant and why? Well, you know, because Richard Hatch is a friend, he comes to mind. He was a winner. In my book, he, he is a great player. He's a very smart person, and um, he knew how to set up an alliance and how to set up the game of Survivor. And, of course, not that it wouldn't have been figured out by other people later, but he was the one who, who set up the way to play the game. And so my hat's off to Richard, and I'm just going to stick with him. I like it. That's fine. We accept it. We had our poll recently uh, where we got people to obviously vote on uh, the greatest ever contestant in the various other categories and uh, Richard of course did get a lot of votes he actually only ended up finishing in sixth position believe it or not in the greatest ever player but uh, he still uh, made it right up there he beat Russell so I think a lot of people would be uh, happy that that happened Wanda <laughs> oh yes absolutely absolutely a lot of people obviously and, and that. I'm going to say as far as the greatest ever player I really thought Troy Zan last season was a great player yes Troy Zan uh, Troy Zan definitely gets a lot of love I think after his game and um, some that we've had a, a few chats to as well definitely a very nice guy and um, I, I, I would love to see Troy Zan back too I think in a different situation we could definitely see him go a lot further and then you know from last season Kim was really great too yes. I mean she put she had a lot of tough decisions to make, and she decided to put together this women's alliance and, and make it stick, uh, something that didn't happen before. So she was really a good player, too. Um, you, you have to be the win in a spot like that, and um, my hat's off to her. She's, she's good, and I'm also a very good person. There's been a lot of really good people. Uh, when, I, when I look at the winner's list of survivors and when I get together with some of them, uh, 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 Danny Boatwright and Aris. Uh, there's just there's a lot of great people who have been winners, and it's a privilege to know some of those people. And I'm so glad that they've had those opportunities in life. Mm, absolutely, and uh, we're very glad to uh, be able to have this show to, to hear their stories too. And it's also been a thrill to be able to hear your stories today, Wander. I will say thank you for your time. It has been an absolute thrill. Good luck with everything in the future, and uh, I don't doubt that one day we'll get you back here on the program to have another chat with you on Survivor Oz. Well, that would be great. It's been nice talking with you, Ben. A lot of fun to hear that episode again. I always say thanks to the guest. Thanks, Wanda, for appearing on the show many, many years ago, and uh, a lot of fun hearing that again. Our next one will be back next Friday. I'll give you a bit of a teaser. We're putting up two winners' interviews 
from two winners who are going to be on season 40 of the Survivor All Winners season. So get yourself pumped up and excited for that, folks, and make sure you head to our Facebook page where you can vote for who you would rather hear between the two options that we put up for you there. As always, while you're there, like us on Facebook if you haven't already. You can go to Twitter, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram, and also subscribe to our podcast on whatever channel you listen to our podcast on but thank you for tuning in to the oz network my name is ben i'll speak to you very soon good night thank you for listening to the oz network don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week for more information hit us up at the oz network.net